Right, amen. Hallelujah. Turn in your Bibles, if you will, to Colossians. Colossians chapter three. We're going to get right in the word tonight. I want to talk about a subject tonight that is so important. It's so important. I want to talk about our identity. Your identity is everything you are and everything you do and everything you can do is based upon your identity. The identity that you have for yourself, the identity that you have for your life, determines what you see produced in your life. Because of who I am, because of the, uh, the identity that I have in Christ, because the, uh, the person that I recognize I have become, this now, this now allows me to do things I could never do before. But we've got to have the right identity. I, and, and, you know, I, I hate to see believers and Christians that struggle with who they are, that struggle with their identity, that, that struggle with benefits and privileges that have been given them. Uh, through the kingdom of God, the, the, the things that change in our lives, the things that transform our lives when we become saved, it's just it, it's so much more than a prayer. It's so much more than a place that I'm going. It's something I'm becoming. It's something I'm becoming. And the thing that I've realized is that when you become born again, I mean, just let's just focus on that term right there, that terminology that we only see Really, in one instance where Jesus was talking with Nicodemus in John chapter 3, and he says that when you are born of the Spirit, you become born again. Born again. And I know a lot of us, when we come into the kingdom, we feel like we ought to be able to pick up, uh, you know, at a certain level with God based upon what we knew about God before, based upon what we knew about the Bible before. And, and, and then, you know, there's this misconception sometimes that, you know, when we're, uh, you know, going to church on a regular basis and hearing about God on a regular basis that we're automatically, automatically growing, but we know that there's got to be application, right? Maturity is not based upon time. It's based upon application. You can grow old but never grow up, Right? We want we got to be people that want to grow up in the kingdom. And so there's this realization that I've come to see with our identity is that you have to learn who you are as a believer. That we have to, in one sense, get to know ourselves. <laughs> it's almost as if we're being introduced to a whole new person and I've got to get to know who this person is, I've got to get to know what this person can do, I've got to get to know what the potential is of this person, what this person is capable of doing, what this person is capable of producing, what are the benefits and what are the privileges of this new life in the kingdom of God, right? I've got to get to know myself. I heard uh, one minister put it this way, you know, when you become born again, the Holy Spirit introduces you to yourself. And so many of us are missing this identity. We're missing this getting to know who we are. And we are relating to somebody we aren't anymore. See, when you're born again, something dies so that something new can be born. But we're still acquainting ourselves with the old, with the former. And here in Colossians chapter 3, Paul is speaking. He says, if then you were raised 
with Christ. If you've been raised with Christ, let me see your hand in this place. If you know that you have been raised with Christ, that is a term for a new believer, born again, saved, you know, whatever terms you've made Jesus the Lord of your life. And so he says, if then you were raised with Christ. So what does that tell us? That something's, dip, something's changing. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is. Where Christ is. Sitting at the right hand of God. What does where Christ is have to do with me? Because he started with, if then you were raised with Christ. You and Jesus are not in two separate places. We've got to see this. As believers, you're not a sorry sinner saved by grace. No, you are a believer in the kingdom of God and where Jesus is, you are. What Jesus has, you have. We've got to begin to make this connection with ourselves, with our lives. That's one of the strongest messages that we preach. And it differentiates us a a vital part from other churches and from what a lot of Christians are believing because it's just hard to fathom the fact that where Jesus is, I am. But does that verse not say, if then you were raised with Christ? So he's only echoing what he wrote to the Ephesians. Over in the book of Ephesians, he says, together you have been raised with Christ and you have been seated with Christ. Where? In heavenly places. So if you've been raised with Christ, You've got to see things differently. That's the first thing he says. Seek those things. Seek those things. Seek those things. Seek those things which are above where Christ is. If then you were raised with Christ, if you're up there with Jesus, then quit seeking things that are down here. Quit looking at the same stuff you used to look at because you're not there anymore. Look at verse 2. Set your mind on things where? Above, not on things of the earth. What, what did we set our mind on before we came into the kingdom? Things of the earth. This natural world that we see. We only related to the world around us. We only related to this natural flesh that always missed it, always messed up. Look, I don't care how squeaky clean uh, your life has been. We all have a past that separates you from the kingdom, that separates you from God. We were born into sin, the Bible says. Because of one man's trespass, we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Some of us may have more of a past than others, but it doesn't matter. We were all born into this world, set apart from the very thing that God had set for us. And we all sought after, we all set our mind on something that was damaging. Something that was of this world. So he says, if then, if then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are what? Above, where Christ 
is sitting at the right hand of the Father. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. Now look at this third verse. For you died. Who died? I'm still alive. Who's he talking about? That old man. That old man that set his mind on the earth. That old man that wasn't seeking things above. Look, there is nobody in this world without accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior. There is nobody in this world. I don't care how many good things they do. They're not seeking things above. You know, that was, you know, something as a kid, you know, you always wonder, you know, that person's so nice. They're, they're definitely getting into heaven. I mean, they're just such a nice person. But look, if they haven't prayed the prayer, if they haven't prayed the prayer, your mind's not set on things above. Your mind's not set on things above. And this also shows us this, that our minds don't automatically get set on the things above when we come into the kingdom. Otherwise, he wouldn't have to tell us in verse 2, set your mind. (laughs) He wouldn't have to make that statement because it would automatically be set. We'd be like, Paul, what are you talking about set? I mean, I, I, I automatically think kingdom stuff. I automatically think like Jesus did. I automatically think like healing instead of sickness. I automatically think uh, provision instead of lack. I automatically think uh, love instead of hate. No, he says set your mind. That means it's our responsibility to set our mind. It's up to us. It's not an automatic thing that just comes into our lives. For you died. And your life is hidden with Christ. Man, I love that statement. Your life is hidden with Christ. In Christ. It's hidden with Christ in God. So guess what? If I want to learn about myself, I need to learn about God. Come on, and we're talking about identity tonight. When I learn who God is, I learn who I am. Now, doesn't this take us back to Genesis chapter uh, 2? And God made man in his image, 1 verse 26, and then he creates man in chapter 2. And I love the fact, you know, that God creates everything by doing what? Speaking. He just says it. Let there be this. Let there be that. Boom, it's there. Then he gets to man. And man is the first creation that he actually touches. He forms him out of the dust of the ground. Why? Because we are of more value. We are of a greater priority than all of creation. And when God created us, he created us in his image and in his likeness. Number one, guys, if you want to learn more about yourself and who you are now that you have come into the kingdom, we got to get to know who God is. Because we've been created in his image. And Paul tells us here in Colossians chapter 3 that my life is now hidden with Christ in God. So I need to learn about Jesus and I need to learn about God. And the more I learn about who God is, the more I learn about who I am. See, we're all trying to discover ourselves. We're all trying to figure out who we are and what is this new life all about. But we don't want to get to know God. But he says right here, if you'll just get close with God, you'll discover a whole lot of stuff about you. 
when I when I see people that struggle with identity, when I see people that struggle, uh, you know, sometimes even with insecurities, uh, you know, the number one thing that I push them to is get to know your creator. It's very hard to be insecure about your life when you know who made you. When you know who God created you to be, when you know the creator, when you know the power and the potential that he has, when you know the love that he has for you and the mercy and the grace that he's had on your life, you will begin to value yourself a whole lot more. And you'll begin to learn a whole lot of stuff about you that you never knew. When I learn who God is, I learn who I am. Our identity Who we are is hidden in Christ. So that means if I want to get to know myself, I need to get to know the one I'm hidden in. Amen. We're talking about identity tonight. Seek those things. He tells us that it's going to take work to realize who you've become. Seek those things. It's going to take some work, guys. We don't automatically uh, just all of a sudden begin to realize who we are and everything that God's created us to be. It's going to take some seeking. It's going to take some pressing. It's going to take some going after. It's going to take some hungering and some thirsting for that is going to eventually allow me to realize everything that God has created me to be. And we have to look in a different place. If you want to learn who God has created you to be, you can't look at where you came from. If you want to learn about who God God has created you to be and what God has created you to do, you can't look at your past anymore. You can't look at your family. You can't look at your history. You can't look at where you've been and what you've done. And, and, And the past means nothing anymore because that person died. See, dead people only have a past. They do not have a future. But God created us to not have a past and only have a future. This is what God wants us to go after. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We all know this verse. Before we go there, you can turn there. You can go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I want to read Colossians chapter 3 in the Amplified. And it's up on the screens for you. If you're following along in you version, it's in there as well. He says this, If then, and I love how it's capitalized, If then you have been raised with Christ, what's that mean? To a new life. Thus, sharing his resurrection from the dead. Aim at and seek. So this is our goal. This new life that God has created for us, this is our new goal in life. This is what we should be striving after. This is what we should be going after. Aim at and seek the rich, eternal treasures that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. And set your minds and keep them set. I love that. And keep them set. Set your mind and don't let it come off of that. What That's telling me that there's going to be something that's going to try to attack what I'm setting my mind on. As soon as I get my mind set on the word of God, something's going to show up that's going to say, no, it ain't. That's not true. You don't have that. That's not who you really are. But he says, set your mind and keep them set on what is above, the higher things. Not on the things that are on the earth. 
For as far as this world is concerned, you have died. And your new, real life is hidden with Christ in God. Look what verse 4 says. When Christ, who is our life, look at that, who is our life, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in the splendor of his glory. Guys, we've got to realize where, G- where we go, Jesus goes. Our life is hidden with him. Our life is hidden with Christ. Where I go, Jesus goes. See, that's not just you going up in the midst of that crazy, toxic situation at work. That's not you just speaking uh, to uh, your family members at the holidays that are all messed up and they laugh at you because you go to church and talk about God as much as you do. That's not you. That's Jesus showing up. Jesus has just showed up on the scene. If you ever said that about somebody, man, they need Jesus. Ever said that? Well, guess what? That's you. Man, they need Jesus. And Jesus goes, all right, do it. Do your thing. Why? Because you are Christ. You are Jesus to them. We're his hands. We're his feet. We're his mouth. Whatever Jesus wants to do for that person, he's going to do through you. Our life is hidden with Christ. Second Corinthians chapter 5. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 16, the New King James says, Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. Paul is talking about new believers here. Now, here, here's, here's something that we mess up with sometimes, guys. Is we will apply this to someone else's life faster than we'll apply it to our own. We as loving believers, kingdom citizens, we'll forget the past of someone else faster than we'll forget our own past. But when he says, therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. Guys, we've got to apply that to ourselves. We cannot regard ourselves according to the flesh any longer. When you come into the kingdom, quit looking at yourself through all the messed up stuff we used to do. Quit looking at yourself through all the the lenses and the past and and the, the failures that we have in our lives. He says, we don't regard anyone. Well, that includes yourself. That includes you. Don't regard yourself according to the flesh. Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. What are we saying? We saw what Jesus did in the flesh, but we know that what he did in the flesh was way bigger than what he did in the spirit. And Paul's talking to people that literally got to see Jesus walk on the face of the earth. We're not talking that far after Jesus has been sent up. And even though they got to see Jesus in the flesh, they have to remember, we still know Jesus in the spirit. Jesus hasn't left us. We are Jesus now. Look at verse 2, or uh, verse 17. We all know this verse. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, well, put yourself in the statement. That's you. You are anyone. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new Creation. Old things have what? Passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Behold, all things 
have become new. We've had a life. We've had a, a, a past that has now been stripped away from us. God does not see that any longer. God has forgiven us. He doesn't just forget. He forgives. It's never going to come back. It's never going to become who you were anymore. Behold, all things have become new. This is who we are now, guys. This is our new identity. Here's, what it, here's how it reads in the Amplified. Consequently, from now on, we estimate and regard no one from a purely human point of view in terms of natural standards of value. I love that. I love that. You know, one thing that I, I, I tell leaders a lot of, time, a lot of times is that uh, leaders... Uh, people will not honor you any more than you honor yourself. I mean, we, we have people t- today uh, in the world in leadership that don't want to take hold of being a leader. Oh, guys, it, it's okay. You know, I'm, I'm you know, trying to, and, and, and they say it in the name of humility. No, if God made you a leader, be the leader. Get out front. Be the Joshua. Be the David. Be the Paul. Be the Jesus. And get out front and lead. Guys, I'm just one of you. I'm just, I'm just like you guys. And see, guys, we have to value ourselves or people won't value us. We've got to value ourselves. He says we no longer estimate or value ourselves, regard ourselves from a purely human point of view in terms of natural standards of value. No, even though we once did estimate Christ from a human viewpoint and as a man, yet now we have such knowledge of him that we know him no longer in terms of the flesh. What's that mean? You got to know who Jesus is. I got to know who Jesus really is, so I no longer just see him as the carpenter's son. I no longer see him as the man from Nazareth. I no longer see him as uh, Joseph and Mary's child. No, I see him as Jesus, the son of the living God. I estimate him. I value him differently. Why? Because I got to know him. Knowledge is key. Knowledge is key. Therefore, if any person is engrafted in Christ, the Messiah, he is a new creation. Look at this. A new creature altogether. The old, previous, moral, and spiritual condition has passed away. Behold, the fresh and new has come. This is who we are, guys. And the thing is, is we have new come in. We've had old pass away, but we still value and we still estimate ourselves on the old rather than the new. We still view ourselves in terms of what we used to do rather than what we can do. We still uh, uh, only see our potential as far as we ever progressed in the old before we ever see the new. But God has created us to be somebody different, to do something different, and to become something different. But we never get acquainted with that person. 
I say a prayer, but I still see myself as a mess up. I, I say a prayer, but I still only view myself the way the world wants to view me. I know people that have, have, have struggled. They've come into the kingdom, but their family didn't believe them. Their parents didn't believe them. They didn't believe them. They didn't believe that they were capable of doing something different. They didn't believe that they were capable. Why? Because they had a natural value, a natural standard. That's what I love about God. God talks to you based upon who you're going to be. People, even your closest relationships, will only talk to you based upon what you've done and who you are. They do not have the ability on their own to speak to your future. But yet we give them a greater voice than we do God. God's wanting to tell you, he's wanting to tell an Abraham, you're going to be the father of many nations, when everyone around him wants to laugh at him and say, you're a you're hundred years old and you've never even had kids. You're the furthest thing away from a father. That's what God does. Why? He talks to you based upon your future, not your past. And sometimes we have a hard time swallowing the future that God has for us because we're still viewing ourselves based upon the past. We still see ourselves in light of who we were and what we used to do. That's got to change. Since our knowledge of God is always increasing, our knowledge of ourselves is always increasing. The more I get to know God, the more I get to know myself. Guys, getting acquainted with who you are doesn't happen in a moment. This is progressive. For the rest of your life, you're going to discover new things about yourself. For the rest of your life, you're going to discover new things you never thought you could do. For the rest of your life, you're going to see a person you never thought you could be. It's a progression for the rest of our lives. We have to get to know ourselves. How do we do that? Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Let's stop right there. He says, I want you to present your bodies, your lives, holy, presentable, acceptable to God. Your lives, not your spirit, man, on the inside. Not one day when you get to heaven, I'll present my life. No, he says, I want you to present your bodies here on the earth. Your lives ought to be presented to God as holy. How does this take place? Look at verse 2. And do not be conformed to this world. The number one thing that is attacking who you can become is who you were. The number one thing that attacks and, and, and hinders you be, from becoming what God has called you to be is who you used to be. It's twofold. When you learn who God wants you to be, you have to unlearn who you used to be. Because who you used to be will keep you from becoming who God wants you to be. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. The only way you're going to present your life to God, holy, acceptable, pleasing to him, is transformation. We've got to be transformed. The life that we used to lead was not acceptable, was not pleasing, was not holy. 
But he's saying there's a way to transform yourself. How? By the renewing of your mind. Why? That you may be able to prove that which is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. God has a will for your life. God has a purpose for your life. God has a destiny for your life. God has something that he has called you to do, something he's called you to be that's different than anything you've ever done and everything that you ever were. But we've got to be transformed in our lives by renewing our minds. The realization of who I am is limited to the renewal of my mind. Guys, we will never recognize who we really are and what we were created to do without renewing our minds to the Word of God. There's no way. The realization of who I am is limited to the renewal of my mind. If I don't renew my mind to who He says I am, I will remain who I always have been. If I don't renew my mind, if I don't recognize what God's word says about my life, who he created me, created me to be, what he has created me to do, I will never become any of that. It's all locked in here, guys, for you are now the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You know how many people struggle with that? Struggle with the fact that they are the righteousness of God. And you know why they struggle with it? Because they only relate to the world rather than the word. They don't take the time to renew their mind to what God has said about their lives. And they remain stuck in the old stuff they used to do, even though God has destined them for something greater. It's an identity crisis. It's an identity crisis. We've got to get out of the identity crisis. I can't present my body beyond what I'm able to comprehend. I can't present my body wholly acceptable, pleasing to God, unless I'm able to comprehend that he has created me to be and do something different. The word paints a different picture of who we are than the world does. That's why Paul says in verse 2, Do not be conformed. Without transforming your life to the word, you will conform to the world. You will become what the world tells you to be. And don't don't we know people that are stuck in that? We know they can do better. They know they can do better. But they've only limited themselves to what they've put themselves around. They stay around losers, and so they remain a loser. They stay around poor people, and they remain poor. They stay around people that uh, are, 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 uh, have lost it mentally, and they stay in a mental state, stuck when God has created them for something greater. I'll tell you right now, if you can change your surrounding, you can change your life. If you can change what you're investing your life in, you'll change the product of your life. You'll change the result of what your life does. The, 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 your life will bring something greater to this earth and to this world. You will recognize a new identity just by shifting. I'm not listening to you anymore. You keep telling me that I'm not smart enough. You keep telling me I don't have enough money. You keep telling me I don't have the right background. You keep telling me I haven't done this and I haven't done that. But God's word says. We've got to align ourselves. We've got to renew our minds 
to the word of God. We have to ask ourselves the question, do I allow the world to tell me who I am? Or do I allow the word to tell me who I am? Am I going to let the world tell me who I am? No, I'm going to let the word tell me. The word. You know, the only one that has a right to tell you who you are and what you can do is the one who created you. You remember, you may remember Pastor John George when he was here, he made the statement, you know, about marriage. He says, the only one that should have the right to redefine marriage is the one who created it in the first place. Well, the only one that has the right to choose and determine your destiny in life is the one who put you here in the first place. Don't let others determine and dictate what you're going to do. See, we we have to quit being identified. Our, Our past has so much junk in it, and we allow that to determine and dictate who we are and what we can do. But the word... Spells out greatness for us. Go back over to Second or uh, Colossians. I'm sorry, Colossians chapter three. I want to finish out part of that first chapter. Colossians chapter three. We got up to verse four, but I want to start with verse five and finish it out. And, and and look at the picture that Paul paints. Again, he started with, "If then you were raised with Christ." And you raised your hand. Everybody in this room qualified as being raised with Christ. So if you were raised with Christ, then what? We're supposed to set our mind on something else. So look what verse 5 says. Therefore, put to death your members which are on the earth. Guys, if we're going to take on the new life, we're going to have to put off the old life. We can't have both. If we're going to take on the new life that God has created for us, we're going to have to shut some things down on the old life. Put to death your members which are on the earth. Fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience. In which you yourselves once walked when you lived in them. He's not denying that there's a past. He's saying, let's put the past off. Let's get rid of it. Let's die. Let's kill that part of ourselves. It's there. You used to walk that way. That word walk can be uh, interchanged with the word live. You used to live that way. But verse 8, but now you yourselves are to put off all these things. And look at the things he lists. Anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy. Filthy language out of your mouth. Even the way we talk ought to be different now that we're in the kingdom. Even the words that are being uttered out of our mouths ought to change as a result of identifying ourselves and seeking things which are above, not on things on the earth. Let's keep it in context. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things. And when you seek those things, he says, you'll put to death all this other garbage, all the malice, all the hate, all the anger, the filthiness of your mouth, idolatry, the immorality. You'll put it off because you don't seek the things of the word and of the world anymore. You don't seek things that are below. You seek things which are above. 
And look at this one in verse 9. And do not lie to one another. (laughs) Even lying to each other ought to cease. Why? Because you have put off the old man with his deeds. See, you don't take on the new man and still do the deeds of the old man. You put off the old man with the actions the old man used to do. With the talk the old man used to say. With the thoughts the old man used to think. It all gets shut down and we take on the new life. We've been raised with Christ, seated in heavenly places. Seek those things which are above. Verse 10, and have put on the new man who is renewed, watch this, renewed in knowledge. What's that mean? You've got to get to know yourself. You've got to get acquainted. I've got to know who this new person is. See, we put on a new man and we never got to know who he is. We never got acquainted with him. We remained acquainted. We remained good friends. We remained, uh, you know, uh, phone buddies with the old guy. We could call him up whenever we want. Anytime that we felt like we wanted to, to operate out of anger, we'd just call up the old man and say, Hey, I need you to do me a favor. I need you to step in for me. Just a phone call away. I need you to cuss this person out for me. I need you to go look at this for me. He needs to die. We shut him down and we have put on the new man who has been renewed in knowledge. Got to get to know him. Got to get to know the new man. According to the image. Look at that right there. According to the image of him. Who created him? Did you see that? The new man is crea- is, has been created in the image of the one who created him. If I get to know God, I'll get to know myself. This is good stuff. I don't know if you're getting this. I'm getting it. Look at this, verse 11. There is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave nor free, but Christ is all and in all. What do those words mean? What does all that mean? It means simply this. You don't have a past. Doesn't matter if you're Greek. Doesn't matter if you're Jew. It doesn't matter if you are poor. It doesn't matter if you're divorced. It doesn't matter if this failed or that failed. It doesn't matter if this took place or that took place. Everything is in Christ and is Christ. Get to know him and you'll get to know yourself. You put off the past. Put off the old stuff. Put off who you used to be. There's going to be limitations all day long. But when we get to know who God has created us to be, all limits come off. Nothing can hold you back from the destiny that God has created for you. Let me read this for you real quick in the Amplified. So kill, deaden, deprive of power. See, see, some of us are still giving power to the old man. We're still giving power to him. We're still letting him have his way every now and then. I, 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 
I leave the old man at home. And, you know, when I go to church, I don't, you know, I put it on real good and I don't cuss at church and I don't do this at church and I don't do that at church. But man, when I get back home, I'm going to put that old man. We're still giving him some power. And, but he says, deaden him, deprive of power, the evil desire lurking in your members. Those animal impulses. And all that is earthly in you that is employed in sin, sexual vice, impurity, sensual appetites, unholy desires, all greed and covetousness, for that is idolatry, the deifying of self and other created things instead of God. It is on account of these very sins that the holy anger of God is ever coming upon the sons of disobedience, those who are obstinately opposed to the divine will, among whom you also once walked. He's just let them know, look, you can, you can look at those sons of disobedience and, and stare down your nose at them, but you used to be there too. We're living when you were living in and addicted to such practices. But now... Put away and rid yourselves completely of all these things. Anger, rage, bad feeling toward others, curses and slander, foul mouth abuse and shameful utterances from your lips. Do not lie to one another, for you have stripped off the old unregenerate self with its evil practices. And have clothed yourselves with the new spiritual self, which is ever in the process of being renewed and remolded into fuller and more perfect knowledge upon knowledge after the image, the likeness of him who created it. In this new creation... All distinctions vanish. Don't you love that? Anything that set you apart before, it's gone. Anything that people try to say, you can't do this because. You can't be that because. All those distinctions come off. There is no room for, and there can be neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised nor uncircumcised, nor difference between nations, whether alien, barbarians or Scythians, who are the most savage of all, nor slave or free man. Finally, he says, but Christ is all and in all, everything and everywhere to all men without distinction of person. I'll better identify with my spirit when I learn to put to death the flesh. I will have a better understanding of who I am on the inside when I get rid of who I was on the outside. That's your new identity. Look, guys, our identity is what keeps us from accomplishing all that God has called us to be. Our identity is what is stifling us. When I can recognize who I am, I can do what God has called me to do. God's life for us is so great. God's life for us is so wonderful. The destiny, the purpose that he has for us. Guys, there is nothing like the purpose 
I have given my life to see God's purpose fulfilled in other people's lives. I've given my life to see other people accomplish things they never thought they could do. Get past things that they never thought they could get past. To shut all that down so we can become who God has called us to be. There are Abrahams in this room. The world told you you would be fatherless. And God said you'll be the father of many nations. There are Davids in this room. The world told you you were too young, you were too small, and you were too ignorant. But you were the one that rose up to be the king and leader of God's people. There are Pauls in this room that was a murderer and dead set against what God had for you. But you ended up being the one that changed the world. There are still Davids. There are still Abrahams. There are still Daniels. There are still Pauls. There are still Peters that denied Jesus three times. But yet he identified with who God created him to be, not who he used to be. If we don't recognize our identity, we stifle all the potential within us. If we don't get to know who we are, We can never become who God has created us to be. And guys, it starts with getting to know our creator. It starts with getting to know God himself. Your life is hidden in him. Your life is hidden with Christ. Seek those things that are above. Quit looking at the stuff that's down here on the earth. Quit letting the doctors tell you that you're always sick. Start identifying yourself with the healing that he's provided for you. Stop identifying yourself with all the, with all the, the uh, lack and poverty and never having enough and always being behind. And start seeing yourself the way God sees you. Seek those things which are above with provision and everything that you need to accomplish that which he has called you to do. Quit identifying with yourself as weak because he's created you to be strong. Don't identify yourself uh, as, as uh, uh, anxious and worrisome all the time. And start identifying yourself with the peace that passes all understanding. Identity. 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 The world doesn't dictate who you are. Your family doesn't dictate who you are. Your friends don't dictate who you are. Your past doesn't dictate. Your college degree doesn't dictate. Your GED doesn't dictate. Your job doesn't dictate. Your salary doesn't dictate. God tells you who you are. He tells you what you're capable of doing. And He tells you who you're going to become. Let's start identifying with that. Father, we thank you tonight. You have such a great purpose, such a great plan, such a great destiny for our lives. Father, forgive us for identifying only with the earth below, not with heaven above. But Father, if we have been raised with Christ, we seek those things which are above, not on the earth below. We thank you tonight, Father. That we have the great opportunity to shift our thinking, change our thinking, renew our minds to your word so we can transform our lives. So the great destiny and the great purpose that you have for us can be fulfilled. It can come out. We thank you for this tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah.
Hallelujah.